pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. Good evening and welcome. You are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM. My name's Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. There's no Steve this evening. Why? Uh, Do you knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, so it's just it's just us two this evening. Slightly chaotic introduction to the studio. How are you doing, Anne? I'm good. I'm just changing microphones because I prefer to sit close to you. Always on your right-hand side. Okay, I guess that's true, isn't it? Yeah, so I wasn't, and so now I'm changing to be on your right-hand side. Uh, I'm good. I'm very good. I'm a little confused, but I'm very, very good. Uh, we must apologise in advance, I think, for the slightly ramshackle nature of the show this evening, although I'd imagine that I guess that's why you tune in, and I guess that's why you adore us. Do you think that we provide the counterbalance of chaos to people's lives? Like, if you listen to this and you go... They have been doing this for 13 years. This is the chaos that still reigns when they're on air. I can't be doing too bad in my life. I'm turning up. Everything's going, you know, not this badly. It's been going on a long <laughs> Well, let's time. see how bad we can make it. It's going to be a very, very different show this evening. Uh, we're going to change hosts halfway through. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Let's mix it up. Okay. See, see how we get on. Uh, fortunately, though... It's not just you and me in the studio. Thank goodness. Uh, it's Sarah Bryn who's here to bring some sunshine. Hi, friends. It's good to see you again. How are you doing, Sarah? Oh, I'm doing so good. So you've never been on an actual One Life Left, have you? No, only you... on the GDC shows. Okay. What are your first observations? Uh, well, the studio is extremely cool. Super high tech. Top of the line. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a real, it's a real honor to have graduated. To, to real shows. Sadly, there's no Chris Graff, though, is there? <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. remind me. I'm heartbroken. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. You are uh, in the country, obviously. Yes, <laughs> I think so. I've perceived that I am. Uh, what are you doing here at the moment? Well, I'm, I'm mostly on holiday. I was in Finland before this at work. I was at a conference about opera in the future. Um, but I figured if I was in the relative neighborhood, I would just come by and uh, hang out. Yeah, I sort of hope that the conference was deciding whether op- opera will exist in the future. And it was just like a yes or no verdict. Like, are we going to keep doing this? Should we? Is it worth it? And um, was it... Uh, Thumbs up. We spent two days making a pros and cons list, and I think ultimately the answer is yes. Great. Yes. Good news. An exclusive from Finland. Yeah. Uh, Simon, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, actually. Um, Very, very busy at work. Had a very, very busy uh, weekend, and I've got a busy evening this evening. What are you doing? Okay, so you're leaving the show halfway through. I do. I do. I'm sorry. What are you doing? I'm going to see Matt Bellamy's Beatles cover band. (sighs) Yep. That sounds about right. I, don't, I didn't even know they existed until about two weeks ago. Um, How long have they been around? They've played one gig before, I believe, the Albert Hall. They're playing the 100 Club, Club, uh, Club this evening. That's a step down, isn't it? Well, or an intimate venue. Ah, they were waiting for you to discover exactly. them. And then they were like, let's just it's, make this. It's a super group consisting of members from Blur, um, Last Shadow Puppets. Obviously. 
the vaccines. Mm-hmm. The, the other I people. I mean, Simon. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I think it might be the last time I ever see Matt Bellamy live. Oh, no, why? <laughs> I hope he doesn't take that as a threat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw him at the weekend at um, the Olympic Park Stadium. Mm-hmm. So I've gone from 60,000 people to 300 people this evening. Next, uh, if you see him again, it's going to be one on one. Nobody's going to that sound vaguely well. threatening. So thank you for giving me some time off. No worries. Apologies has coincided with no stee. That's fine. Ha- and it, super sorry that it means that I don't get to enjoy as much of Sarah as our listeners are going to. Yeah, well, you can be sorry, but at least you know we're in good hands. The smart best. Sarah Bryn. Oh, so smart. Okay, well, let's see how Sarah <laughs> Bryn's uh, comments on the news go, shall we? Yes. On Monday the 3rd of June, I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. The UK's Migration Advisory Committee has recommended that a number of games industry jobs are added to the shortage, shortage occupation list. The list is used to prioritise visa applications from people who are, who are hoping to move and work in the UK and who have specialist skills. The updated list was published in May and reflected shortages found in the game sector and recommends that professionals including programmers, artists, producers and directors be prioritised in immigration applications. I wasn't certain how to stop using that. Nope. Uh, that's interesting, isn't it? it is. What with uh, all everything that's going on, all of that stuff going on, this feels like a games industry loophole. <laughs> is it? Come it's, on in. Well, exactly. Um, well, so one of the things that um, I uh, saw that was in this report is that um, the UK games industry sits well below the average for gender and BAME representation. Uh, and so there is like a correlation between the number of uh, the diversity within the industry, the number of people who actually have those skills and the amount of money that um, the games industry can play and can pay. Another thing that was pulled out is that lots of people who have um, games industry uh, skills, so who could work in the games industry, um, are sometimes being uh, drawn into other industries like the financial sector who can pay more money and so they're sort of saying that there's a lot of um, small and medium uh, businesses who can't compete with that and so we need to um, sort of widen and diversify the number of people that are in the country who can do these jobs. Good news. What um, Sounds very good. Did they list the application that's pres- oh, sorry, the, um, the, the industry that's presumably been kicked out where they've got enough of them now? <laughs> is that how it works? Well, I think I think it's probably it's not that they've got enough of them, but it's the uh, it's the financial sector and people who can pay more who are just grabbing all of these very talented people and going like, right. oh, we should have a bit more money. Okay. Uh, but the country has a bit of a shortage uh, in this skill set. So they're saying we need to prioritise uh, people with these skills coming into the country, so they should um, get priority with their visa applications. I have the, those skill sets. You I have them. Do can I come here? You can. Would you want to come here? Oh, very much so. Would you? Oh, yeah. That's because you don't live here. Well, no, London's the best city in the world. Mm. Where does it say that? I In my heart. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think, we, Simon, we've just been here a long time. I mean, I think the, well, the other thing is, is that despite me working in the games industry, I don't feel that I would be, well, I, I'm qualified enough to work <laughs> in the games industry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Sorry, just confidence, Sarah. Confidence, you, could, you, could, you could come in and take my job. Oh, gosh, all these Brins coming into the country taking our job. Um, it, I, I think I just think this is a very, very interesting story. As you said, Simon, lots of the stuff that's going on at the minute uh, feels like we're trying to push people away, and there's lots of stuff um, around uh, people who are currently working in the games industry. Are they going to be able to stay in the country when you know, if silly? Stupid Brexit mm. happens. Well, let's hope they don't start uh, turning their eye onto the radio, onto the broadcasting industry, no. asking for people with actual qualifications. I mean, supposedly we should be able to stay because uh, you know we have the correct passports. But given what we're doing today, we might get chucked out. Sony has announced the release date and some new details of Hideo Kojima's new game, Death Stranding. It will be out on November the 8th this year. Kojima said the following on the PlayStation blog. 
People have created walls and become accustomed to living in isolation. Death Stranding is a completely new type of action game where the goal of the player is to reconnect isolated cities and fra a fragmented society. It is created so that all elements including the story and gameplay are bound together by the theme of the strand or connection. Hang on, I'm not done. As Sam Porter bridges, you will attempt to bridge the divides in society and in doing uh, and in doing create new bonds or strands with other players around the globe through your experience playing the game i hope you'll understand uh, you'll come to understand the true importance of for forging connections with others metal gear solid one uh -huh. love it yeah metal gear solid two yeah love it yeah metal gear solid three yeah love 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 it yeah metal gear solid four yeah played most of it yeah metal gear solid five yeah Pla loved what i played yeah Last week, yeah. blocked Death Stranding on Twitter. <gasps> I don't want to hear anything about this. Because you're so excited. It's just, just... not. It's just nonsense. Honestly, someone needs to stop humouring Hideo Kojima. He's gone off the rail. I mean, he's always. Been, I'm not sure he's ever been on them, but he's gone fur further away from them. Do they need to stop him though? Because somebody like this who has like these massive big creative ideas, I, I mean obviously I was taking the mickey a little bit about right. some of the very forced metaphors in there. He True. bridges and he builds bridges. Yep. And so I was going to say, you read the news out, have you got any idea what's going on? No, I mean no. I, I even watched the trailer, all eight minutes. Okay, okay. Well, and? Don't, don't uh, th okay. There's a baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, a man has a backpack. Okay. And also there are some demons. Gotcha. Maybe the baby helps the demons come out. <laughs> I think that's what happens. I honestly think that might be it. Okay. Uh, is, isn't it nice, though, to have someone who has very, very big... Budgets. Like, <laughs> big creative ideas. Because if you have someone that's pushing things, like, outwards, then maybe other people feel like they might be able to push things no, a little bit more. He's, he's lost me. He's lost Hasn't me. He? Yeah. But he's got such a nice office, though. Right. Did you see all those pictures of the very... I've blocked it. I've blocked it. Oh, no, Simon. What's he got in his office, then? It's just very, Walls. Like... Bridges. <laughs> yeah. Strands. <laughs> yeah. It just looks like a lovely, um, very okay. artsy it, office. So, you know, hailing from the art world, Sarah, if we can say that. Have you seen much on Death Stranding? Oh, no. Just in, in the enthusiasm. You some, blocked it as well. Someone's... Yeah. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> So there's some some kind of interesting character actor in it, right? Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Oh, he's Danish. Okay. A Dane. Well, I you know I used to live in Denmark. I can identify a Dane now yep. and then, but that's that's really the extent. Do you think that's going to raise the game with a Dane? Oh, I mean, all all Dane, <laughs> all night. Um, we'll we'll see, we'll see. I won't. <laughs> The World Health Organization has determined that gaming disorder will be classified as a, as a disease from the 1st of January 2022. Following this, a group of academics from the UK, China and Australia have set up an online test called Do I Play Too Much Video Games? The test will tell participants whether they meet the WHO's criteria for gaming disorder and benchmark their responses against others who've taken the test. It'll also act as a study providing data to help researchers understand at what point gaming becomes a health problem and what factors contribute to the development of gaming disorder. Let's pull the microphone over to the laptop here. Uh, they've developed... <laughs> broken it, so I'm going to have to <laughs> hold it up for the rest of the night. Uh, right, they've developed this already, have they? Yes, yeah, so they've What's got... the URL? Uh, oh, I had it. Hang on. First up, are we? Are we? Ha I've just googled too that. Um, much. Are we happy with the um, with the grammar there? Right. So this no. is. This We're not, are no. we? No. no. So this is the really. This is the key thing, isn't it? And this is the only reason why this story is getting any traction from me. Do I play too much video games? What do I watch? Too much films? What? Do I read too much books? Is that presumably because the URL must have been taken for too many? Mm. I mean, obviously, I don't know, but that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's not great, is it? It doesn't fill you with um, hope for that academic standing. Well, the good news is, is it, it's not going to be a problem for another two years, right? It's 2022? Yeah. But they want to get as much data as possible. Oh, well, until then, <laughs> yeah. it won't be a problem. Too much data. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is do I play too much video games dot com. Is it? With like little hyphens okay. between the words. Right, let's take the, let's take the test. Oh, oh, also brilliantly. So, so you're asking people who potentially have a propensity towards uh, feeling the need to compete and complete. There's a progress bar. Okay. <laughs> so Are there, can we unlock some achievements? Uh, Chivos. Well, let's see. Uh, 
Do we agree to participate in the study? Yeah, I agree. Are we going to tell the truth or are we going to uh, weigh the results? Ooh, let's... The other way. What is our gender? Do you play too much video games? Uh, so gender here is binary. Okay, mm. that's not good. Which isn't ideal. Uh, what are we feeling more today? Well, the room says... I think we're, we're fellas. Oh, we're fellas, are I we? Mean, oh, I mean, I said ladies. Are we trying to skew it? No, okay, well, let's be, let's be ladies. Let's okay. give it a try. Uh, oh, this is an awkward question. What's your current relationship status, Room? Terrified. How's that? Let's say we're in a relationship, yeah. the three of us. Yeah. Yeah. Employed. Until about half past, half past, six, yeah. half past seven. <laughs> employed or unemployed? Okay, we're employed. So employed. Yeah. So employed here right now. Uh, what <laughs> is the highest degree or level of school you have completed? Am I just... Are we just giving out our current... Oh, we are, yeah. What's, what's your mother's maiden name <laughs> and, your per, and your pin? Uh, we're going to say that we have... We've got... We're, we've got bachelor's degrees. I mean, between all of us, though, we have lots of degrees. Yeah. I think Sarah's got them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you played any video games in the last 12 months? Too much. Oh, yes. Just say no. Exactly. Yeah, you haven't played anything. Am you I, haven't played enough. Am I yeah. okay? Yeah. Uh, okay, so yes, we've played them. Uh, have we played the game... Semeron online in the last 12 months. Is this an advert for Semeron? Yeah. Well, I haven't. I never even heard of it. No, exactly. Is it... Is it like you know, if you re-scramble the word Semeron, it becomes something... Death Stranding. <laughs> That's what it will be. <laughs> Are you a professional gamer? No. Uh, mm. uh, do you have plans <laughs> to become a professional gamer in the near future? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah actually. Yeah. How many hours a week do you spend gaming? Oh, we are only at 1%. This could take up the whole show. Ooh. This is good content. How many hours a week, Simon? What does it go up to? Uh, we can type in anything, I think. Put all. All. Oh, okay, no. Too many. It's only accepting numerals. Uh, 16. Yeah. Great. Uh, what is the approximate percent of these hours... Oh, which... What is the approximate percent of these hours? These are belonging? boring questions, well, aren't they? Wait, are they? Uh, so, and at the end of it, will it just go, yes, you play too much video games? Or, no, you don't play too much video games? I don't know. So we've got this... Is anybody going to get to the end? It's only, we're only at 1%. Right. This is a bad game. <laughs> too much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Iron Maiden is suing Iron Maiden. What? Iron Maiden the band is suing Iron Maiden the game for $2 million for the game's attempt to trade off Iron Maiden's notoriety. The suit claims that the main character, Shelley Harrison, is uh, based on band member Steve Harris. The skull in the game's logo has links to the band's mascot, Eddie, and the logos are similar. Iron Maiden, the game, is set for full release this year. Game developer 3D Realms has called the claims frivolous. That's one developer that won't run to the hills. <laughs> I was going to say I don't know anything about either of these things, but I do know that's an Iron Maiden song. Yeah, I googled that. Well done. What are the alternatives? Uh, there aren't any, are there? They just do one song. Is that their one song? Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Good. One. I, I believe. That actually, that fits really well with the yeah. story. That's um. It's all worked out, hasn't it? In terms of that story. Out. Yes. Uh, what is Iron Maiden the game then? 3D Realms first-person shooter. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. Is it was is it an old game? Um. It's so updated. it's been in uh, early access. I think since. Feb last year, uh, well, since sometime last year, um, and so I was reading up on it, and the character, the main character that they're talking about, actually came um, about in a- another game beforehand. Mm. So it doesn't feel like she's been based on that band right. member. Um, would you give up two million if someone was like you're trading off our name? And I wouldn't what? actually. Um, and particularly in this instance, I don't know any. I, could, I would claim ignorance <laughs> for all of it. Sarah, have you, have you ever been sued? No. What's the closest that you've come? No, but I have had my life stolen by media property. <laughs> what? Have, you? have I not told you about the time a young adult novel was written? Uh, oh, I mean, I don't know. This is going to take up too much airtime. No, go. Oh, oh, we've uh, got uh, only time. When I when I was in high school, I was in a like like every cool high schooler in a performance art group, and uh, there were you know there were adults and there were kids, and I befriended this cool older lady who was part of you know the performance art group, and I told her all my stupid teenage secrets, and then she wrote a book, and she didn't even change my name. <gasps> well, Shut so, up. so so my my middle I, we're talking about revealing personal information on the air. My middle name is Elizabeth. The character is called Libby Bryn. 
Wow. Yeah. And but, I mean, to be fair, it, you know, in some ways it's quite flattering because the book is called The Queen of Cool. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> but in it, they did, they did make the, the lead rich and I, I wasn't there. But, uh, so but, was there anything yeah. in, the, in the book that you regretted passing on? Um, I mean, no, because nothing, nothing's too scandalous because it's a, a young adult book. But it was really interesting because, you know, the, the person I had who's still my my friend, my very good friend to this day, was a huge crush on was called Skylar, but in, in the book is called he's called Sheldon. <laughs> and um That's annoying though, isn't it? Because if you'd have known that you'd have been telling you would have made stuff up, oh, wouldn't you? It made it so much cooler. But you know, I also had um a live journal at the time. <gasps> and so like there's like d- direct quotes from no. my live journal. And then as an adult I kinda called her out a little bit on Twitter and she was like, You gave me permission and I was just like, first of all I don't recall that. Second of all I was sixteen years old. So yeah, actually, it's illegal permission. Yeah. Yeah. Should we do some sewing? <laughs> on your I was going to say, if you're going to get uh, two million for iron, iron. Yeah. yeah. Libby Bryn. Yeah. I mean, that's my name. That's my actual name. And it's, she's, you know, she's in Los Angeles. It's, it's right. Yeah. What's your mother's maiden name? <laughs> and your pin number? It's, they're, they're the same, actually. They're, they're, <laughs> and finally, VR is still a thing. And for the first time ever, a VR game was the best-selling boxed game in the UK. Blood and Truth, in which you love and kiss bunnies, is a PlayStation VR exclusive and is actually not about bunnies, it's about a cockney gangster and also blood and truth. As the Spice Girls once sang, VR forever. That's very good, Anne. Thanks. Very good. You know, I'm glad... um that we didn't postpone the show this evening for, no, for that. For that one, because yeah. that would have been out of date by next week. Uh, I know nothing about this VR game. Is it the is it the London Heist spin-off then, from what you were saying? Is it? Is it? I don't I know. I enjoyed London I Heist. I enjoyed it as well. You could do smoking, yeah. couldn't you? Or sit at a desk, or then you drive. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, oh, I like that. Yeah, but we don't know whether this yeah, is... Because um, you, you, are you still an active PlayStation VR consumer? Uh, so I've... You've moved house, yeah, as we've established. What was your address? It hasn't been set up. <laughs> My postcode. Yeah. Um, yeah, the VR hasn't been set okay, up. Okay, why is, what is, now is that because you've been busy doing other stuff or are you not going to do it? Busy doing other stuff. Uh, with, we are figuring out our options uh, when it comes to uh, projection or television. Interesting. Yeah. If you have the option of projection, I'd strongly recommend it. Well, I wouldn't because that's what we currently do. This is why we don't live together. I mean, this is the only <laughs> the only reason we don't live together. Uh, it's really annoying in the summer. Okay, you can't watch stuff. Have you heard of blinds? Yeah, right. I just don't want them in my lovely summer living room. Okay. Um, so I think we're going to get a TV. So maybe when that gets, and you know, I have options for both. No, Simon. You know what I say? It's one or the other. Yeah, this is why we, we don't live exactly. together. <laughs> Uh, but yes, yeah, so that hasn't got set up yet. But I do. I but, but then you know, VR-wise, that shouldn't imp- that shouldn't impact it at all. In fact, you should be enjoying this with it because you don't need another screen for it, do you? I don't need a screen for it, but I need to have the um, thingy set up, don't I? Uh, and they have to be on a television, don't they? I just don't have the setup yet. So <laughs> I've been doing other things. I've been moving. It's very stressful. Uh, yeah, VR hasn't been my uh, top thing. Oh, do you know what I was hearing about yesterday? Mm. Is Audio AR. Right. That's, that's kind of AR. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I agree. Yeah. Where you don't, it's not like AR where you, with visual, it's just audio. Simon, do you understand what I'm saying? It's, I understand that Sarah's right. And you can do, yes, yes, she is. <laughs> uh, you, and you can do cool spatialized audio stuff in headset also. So, like, depending on where you move, you'll, you know, the, the sight of the sound will stay the same. It's excellent. It's very good. Are there any good things? That you can play at the minute. Oh, um, this is this one's quite old, but Papa Sangre was like an audio only game, right? Yeah. Um, but I think you know, uh, having worked in museums a lot of the time, I think it's very silly when museums choose to do AR overlays over artwork, and I think it's kind of ethically problematic. But in a mode of augmenting museum space uh, that people have used historically is audio and audio tours, and I think you can actually do really good mm. stuff with that. And also, the technology works, so you're not wasting your money on something that isn't. But there's a Bose AR glasses yes. now, and those are super cool because, as far as I understand, they use bone conduction. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing. So I w- used to work uh, with a person who was blind and he had um, those headphones and he would just be listening to stuff whilst also talking to you and, you're, and it was very confusing. I would be I, I would so distracted. Yeah. Great time. Yeah. VR and AR, Simon. It's the future. And opera. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Anne. 
This is very soothing. You're welcome. Very nice, Simon. Very, very nice. No problem. Personally selected by me. It's exactly the one that you wanted, wasn't it? Of course it is. Uh, What's it called? It's called And I Saw a Light. It's from chipmusic.org, where we get a lot of our contents from. It's by Coco Nums. Oh. Exactly. Tasty. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to finish. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, we were just remarking, Sarah, as you know, because you were here. But thank goodness you're on the show this evening. Oh, it's my great pleasure. Uh, tell us what you're up to now. Well, I work at a place called Meow Wolf in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Okay. And if you haven't heard of Meow Wolf, um, you Is may that spelt how it's pronounced? Meow, like the sound a cat makes, and wolf, like the, the not a dog. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And um, uh, and if you haven't heard of Meow Wolf, perhaps you've heard of a little something called Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. And so um, and and so we we are very very fortunate to have um, the support of George R. R. Martin, who was one of kind of the first and most significant supporters of the Meow Wolf project. And what it is is in Santa Fe, New Mexico, uh, and it is a twenty thousand square foot exhibition space that tells a story. You can touch everything. Um, and I don't want to give too much away, but basically it's a bunch of art installations that blend into each other. And, you know, you can take books off the shelves. It's going to tell you about the story world. You can turn on the TV. It's going to tell you about the story world. Long out into the computers and the space. It's going to tell you more about the world. Um, so basically there's a, there's a story there, but also simultaneously you can kind of touch all of these artworks that kind of um, respond in really, really interesting ways. And so what I do with Meow Wolf is I work really closely with our digital teams, which look at adding kind of new kinds of storytelling technologies into the exhibition space, as well as managed strategic partnerships, which is super fun. Wow. Um, so uh, let's rewind. Yeah. I, I don't know much about uh, Game of Thrones. I watched the first series. Oh, I haven't watched any. Don't tell my boss. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite but so did because uh, but I do know it's got dire wolves in it, isn't it? And it's yeah. This is it's, that's true. But, but it's that. a company set up before. George R. 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 Martin's um, involvement. I don't well, know how many R. Actually, actually, yes. Um, the the it started as a collective of just artists, kind of doing making the work because they loved it. Um, about ten artists, about uh, ten years ago, actually. Wow. Uh, and they, you know, they made a, kind of a bunch of exhibitions, but like really, really scrappy, just paying for it out of their own pockets. And and the kind of moment where George got involved was pretty transformative. And uh, they bought uh, an abandoned bowling alley, an unoccupied bowling alley in Santa Fe, and kind of transformed it into this pretty incredible space. And now, you know. That you can go see the exhibition in Santa Fe. That's permanent, but we are also ex- opening installations in oh, Las Vegas, Denver, 
Washington, D.C., and Phoenix. Those are our announced projects, so we've got a lot of work to do. Wow, and what are the unannounced projects? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's the same as my social security number. My mother's maiden name. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because the thing about museums is that they are generally boring, and and you're not allowed to touch anything, are you? Yes, and so... No, That's no, why no. I don't go. As, as, you, as you know, I've worked in museums for a very, very long time, specifically specializing in playful experiences in modern and contemporary art museums. And, you know, I, I, I love them very, very much. And I've worked as a curator, as an arts educator. But part of what's really appealing to me is that, you know, it's, it's the artists aren't dependent on anyone else to make the thing work. It's it's their business. They're in charge of, of talking about how the, the work gets displayed. They're, they're building the stories and the story worlds. And so... Um, I think this is a response to people feeling alienated from traditional arts experiences. It's not one story, then. It's a collection of them. Is that is? Well, I would say in the Santa Fe exhibition, it is one story, but it is a quite expansive story. And in the new exhibitions, there there will be completely different stories. How do you uh, create exhibits that are resistance to everybody touching? Oh, that's such a good question. I, you know, <laughs> there you go. You've still got it. I like having Sarah. Even before Meow Wolf, I was interested in this question, especially having worked with putting video games in museums. And one amazing kind of factoid I learned when I was doing research at the Museum of Modern Art in, in New York is that for when they show games, they have to replace the arcade buttons every week. Because people just rail on those buttons, and they just the the, right, the, wow. the spring wears out. So um, yeah, you have to think about using super super durable materials in a space like that. You have to make duplicates of anything that might walk away. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's robustness. Now we get to work with structural engineers too to make sure that stuff doesn't fall on anyone. We have a whole design team full of architects and folks like that. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a fun thing to think about. What's the most unusual thing you can touch? that does something a laser touch a laser <laughs> that might be a spoiler <laughs> spoilers okay. laser spoilers do you go through in um uh, sort of in slots um or are there we, loads of other people touching all the stuff you want we to touch? did just roll out time ticketing in santa fe so you you can and and uh make make an appointment for a particular time i think that at this mo- moment you can still do both you can just kind of rock up but they might kind of have you hold for a moment but i think i you know i totally hear you in terms of the don't want other people touching stuff that no, i don't touch no just don't <laughs> you know it's but it's got you know it's got peak hours and an hour's worth you know a little bit more chill so if you show up on a weekend or holiday weekend it's going to be you know okay. more robust but we're always going to have a max capacity we're never going to have people that's like completely slammed in there um america's very lucky to have you thank you and your work oh um and, so, and you travel around the world a lot. You've been to Finland, deciding oh, yes. on the future of opera. Uh, are there other, um, are there similar things in other places around the world that you could perhaps recommend? Well, yeah. I mean, I would, I would really say, kind of contemporary immersive experiences. The UK is the capital for that, right? So, like, punch drunk. Hello, like you know, um, you know the drowned drowned man. Is that what mm-hmm. it's called? I, even I went to that. Yeah, sleep no more. I, or did I go to that one? No, you went to drowned man. Was a drowned man, didn't mm-hmm. I? Um, and so you know the the and, and you know what punch drunk it does is basically theatrical performances where you can the the actors kind of move around and do different things and you can touch everything in those spaces. But also blast theory are super cool and they're they're British and they've been around since like the late eighties, early nineties. And uh, one of their their most famous projects is you you entered a lottery and then uh, a very small amount of people could were kidnapped and their kidnapping was live streamed and um, and of course you know parts of it were were quite scary but um, yeah they're they're always kind of pushing the boundaries and especially they were some of the first to use mobile technologies in their earlier projects as well kind of doing early early stuff with those Nokia cell phones so um, in the UK they've got they've got that kind of stuff. Um, other parts of the US uh, oh Team Lab in Japan you know they, they have these really cool light oriented and interactive installations and they, they've, they've had installations all over the world so yeah it's some good stuff so we can go and touch stuff everywhere oh yeah touch around the world <laughs> <laughs> you moved away from displaying video games in uh, museums I mean I, 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 I think and slash I hope that's going to still be 
a part of my practice for forever or and just games in general right i was just talking to someone the other day about how i think that there should be more larps in museums live action role-playing games but um right now um you know meow wolf is definitely not a museum although there are parts of it that are very kind of art oriented but yeah, it's nice to have a little bit of a break mm. Who, who's doing who's doing uh, video games well in museums at the moment oh i mean i'm a i'm completely biased because i helped organize this program but i think sf moma the san francisco museum of modern art has done games really well but mostly because i've gotten to help them <laughs> <laughs> um and we got to show a really interesting computational art last time i worked with them which meant that there was someone running a simulation uh, and then they were simultaneously feeding notes from the sim- simulation to an actor, and then the actor was interacting with one player at a time. So it's a game you could play for one player at a time. It's called Bad News, and the way it works is you are a coroner, and there's a dead body found in a town, and it's your job to find the next of kin to tell the next of kin that someone has died. Uh, but because there's a simulation, the game is different every single time. And the, the town is different every single time. And the characters are different every single time. So it's like very, very cool that it's simultaneously super, super computational, but also like very performative. And it's it's super, super fascinating. I did that one in Nottingham, didn't I? Uh, where you got led to um, a room and played a... Uh, called Capsule. Do you remember that? No. Did, yeah. you, did I, that happen? I did do that on my own, yeah. Did you? Were you, be, you didn't go on it yourself. It was no. about being um, abandoned in space. Oh, that sounds good. It's you, the room was very dark. And, uh, but it wasn't an escape room. It wasn't an escape okay. room, no. And I'll be honest with you, I can't actually remember what happened with it. But <laughs> I, I had forgotten entirely about it until you were talking then. But um, We did uh, Resident Evil Live. I Ooh. wasn't there for that one. Oh, okay. We don't like to be around no, each don't. other too much. No. No. Um, Sarah, what is the... Uh, so we're talking a bit about... Um, um, about So people like Punch Drunk doing immersive theatre. Um, what? Where do you see the crossover between uh, that kind of experience and video games is? Uh, well, you know, I think a lot, of, a lot of video games have stories, especially contemporary games. Um, and there's also that idea of kind of playfulness and experimentation. So, you know, I think... I think uh, a lot of video games are like sandboxes, right? And so if you look at a game like the newer Zelda or even parts of Skyrim, you can kind of walk around, you can experiment, you can talk to stuff, you can collect stuff, um, you can go on side quests. The cool thing about Meow Wolf is that it's a non-linear narrative. So you can pick up components of a story and kind of synthesize your own understanding of it. And there's no kind of right or wrong way to kind of put that story together. There's no right or wrong order. And, so, and you know, and a lot of the work itself is, is, is quite playful. And you know, we actually have an arcade in our Santa Fe space. And so, you know, there are, all, there are sometimes very kind of literal game-like components to the spaces as well. Do you ever see yourself going full circle and recreating the Santa Fe space in VR? Oh, gosh. Why? Why would anyone do? <laughs> well, because we can't get there, can we? And That's just, true. They've just launched. Well, they're, they're, this year is seeing, I think, three new VR devices. They're sort of all in one. So they're, um, they're getting rid of the wires, etc. Mm. Uh, and then maybe Anne and I could go. Although it sounds like uh, that's not something that you've considered. Uh, you know, I think I think that VR. We're, VR still needs to catch up to our expectations. I don't know if you've ever seen my favorite chart. Let me talk to you on the radio about my favorite chart. It's called the Gardner Hype Cycle. Okay. And what it does is illustrate the vast cavernous difference between the expectations surrounding a new technology and what it can actually do. Right. And so, you know, as, as you can imagine, right, right when that new technology gets introduced, the, you know, the expectations are super, super high and the functionality is super, super low. What immediately follows is called the uh, cavern of disillusionment. <laughs> which is just like a dip. It's just like, oh, this can't really do that stuff. And of course, it evens out over time. But, um, you know, I, I still think that, that VR has, has a little w- ways to go in order to deliver a truly, really high fidelity experience. That doesn't mean it's not exciting. Doesn't mean people shouldn't be excited to try VR because it's a new technology. But, you know, it's my job to be skeptical of these things. And also, audio AR. Oh. That's where it's all at. I'm pretty into audio AR, and mm-hmm. I think AR in general. You know, I think it, it's it's cool when there's like a interplay between physical and digital stuff. Sometimes, sometimes AR is just like a digital animation or digital something floating in space. I think I think what's what's more interesting is when that digital stuff can interact with something in in real life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes called spatial computing, but that's a difference between AR and spatial computing. If you, if I was wearing glasses, I'd be p- pushing them on those. <laughs> <laughs> Work particularly well on the radio. Right, uh, you're going to stick around for the rest of the show, Sarah, aren't yes, you? Yes, please. I'm not. 
Goodbye. Good. <laughs> good. Glad about that. It's so good Dismissed. to see you. I look forward to listening to the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to hit some music right now. Uh, we're going to pull this fader up and this is going to happen. listening to Resonance 104.4 FM. We are one life left. Simon has left. Thank has. goodness. Uh, oh, there we go. Is that good riddance? Good riddance, Get Simon. Get out of here, Byron. Yeah. Um, so it's just you and me, Sarah. It sure is. I'm delighted. Me too. Uh, <laughs> some more great songs that we definitely didn't just pick because they were in order on the fantastic chipmusic.org. Uh, this is New World and it's by... Oh, it's got a, n- a number in the name and I don't know how to read Ooh. it. Self. Self seven ed. Self set. How? Would, I don't even know self, what that's trying to. Seven said. Self said. Self led. I, I, I'm not looking at it, but you know, I've always thought whenever I hear the, the chip tunes on the show, they're, they're, they're kind of powerful. They're emotional. Like I feel a, a catharsis. I think people sometimes just call them bleepy, but there is more to them oh, than no. bleep. They've got soul, a bleepy soul. They do. Yeah. Okay. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, usually at this time in the show, uh, we'd do letters. Um, and to do the letters, we'd play the theme tune. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got the CD in there. I don't know what the next song, what not the next theme is going to be. find out? So I'm just going to play it. Let's and we're going to go with, this is a... A Russian roulette of sorts. I mean, no danger, <laughs> just different features. Okay. Oh, no, that's <laughs> not it. It is letters. <laughs> Thank goodness. That's definitely not the one I was going to start. Okay, we've had one letter in today from. The wonderful and amazing Chris Conroy. Uh, he says, Dear team and SSG, recently I've been playing a PC game for the first time in ages. The excellent observation, latest from the No Code team. I went into expecting to be spooked as their previous game had been very unsettling and I'm a big scaredy pants. No spoilers, but it didn't evoke those kinds of emotions which were simultaneously pleasing and disappointing. Do you have any standout scary moments in games? Half-Life freaked me out so much that I had to play the first hour while drunk to get over my nerves. Your cowardly custard correspondent, Chris Conroy. Ooh. Any scary moments in games? Well, you know, there's a moment in Inside where you kind of see... Now, maybe this is a spoiler. You see that that monster mm-hmm. or the blob. That's pretty scary. Mm. Um, I played... Um, 
Oh, we talked about it. A f- we've spoken about it a few times on the show, and I now cannot remember. I think it was Outlast. That was it. Mm. Uh, so we, uh, a group of friends, played it at Steve's flat, and it was so spooky that I threw the controller. <laughs> but I think I, I feel like if you are in the uh, in the right frame of mind in the right mood, a lot of games can be scary. Oh yeah, I got freaked out playing Gone Home. Because it's scary to walk around your uh, a home mm-hmm. where there's nobody around and find all of these weird things happening. I think a lot of those kinds of um, walking sim games I find really freaky because you're often there trying to find out the story about terrible things that have happened. Yeah. Well, and you know, in your walk, there's some scary moments too. <laughs> but they're also kind of funny. You just see these, you're supposed to, co- there's a moment where you're supposed to kind of collect these ghost babies. And like, some of them are just kind of like upside down or like, you know, hidden in a field and like, or like in a river. And you know, the, the, they're just a bit grotesque to look at. And I think that that's a little scary too. But, um, oh God, oh, you know, I think... The uh, the Walking Dead games also felt quite mm. so scary, actually, that I had to stop playing. <laughs> you see, that's the ultimate in scare. Yeah. I just, I don't want to play it anymore. Well, you, well, you know, I believe in putting oneself on a media diet. Like, I, I under, like certain types of media I know are going to be a little bit stressy for me, and then I'm going to be thinking about that kind of media content for a while. That's part of why I love DoesTheDogDie.com. Oh yeah. Do you know about this? Is it? It's just to see if it's a sad. Yeah, to see if something sad happens to a dog, and you can. You, I think now you can organize it, like you can filter, so you can see what kinds of sad things happen in the media. And I kind of wish this was was not just for films, because sometimes you know specific things are going to be really sensitive for, for specific people, and they just want to avoid that kind of stuff. And I think that's great. That is a good thing. Or you know, do as Chris did. Uh, just get drunk. Yeah. And you're probably going to be fine. I mean, I can consume a lot more scary media now that I have a cute puppy at home. (laughs) Because I just hold her when I get scared and she tolerates it so nicely. (laughs) That is good. Uh, We've actually had another letter come in. Uh, Can I ask you to read it? Can I ask you you to read it? Can Can I open my phone? And I will. There we go. Here we go. Okay. Uh, so the the title of this email I thought was an instruction oh. because we were being quite bad at first, but it's I, the title I think is it's not. slow down and says starts with hello team hello SSG. Yesterday I repaired an old Game Boy for a friend, and while I had my tools out, I did some modding on one of my own. Oh, interesting. The Game Boy I use for chip tunes already has a backlight and what's known as a Pro Sound mod, a second headphone jack that outputs line level audio. So the only thing left was something a bit more fundamental. After carefully removing the crystal oscillator, I replaced it with a tiny circuit board and a smaller switch that lets me run everything at half speed. For music, this means I can make sounds one octave lower, but so far I've mostly been enjoying how weird it feels playing games in slow motion. Tetris becomes like a ballet rather than a frantic mess. Mario jumps like he's on the moon. What game would you love to play at half speed? Pip Pip Robert. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I was just thinking you could also uh, slow the radio show down so that you can um, really get into all the the gaps here. Oh, yeah. Uh, What game would you like to play at half speed? I mean, I think those are really good ones. I think... Hmm. I think... Any any platformer becomes really different when you play it at half speed. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this did remind me of a, a really interesting project that um, someone I know called Patrick Lemieux did, and it's called an o- the Octopad. And what the Octopad is is like you know the traditional SNES controller, but um, it's broken up into eight different controllers with one button each. Right, yes. so you pl- you have to play the you, uh, Tetris is a great example to play with the Octopad. So someone's in charge of moving right, someone's in charge of moving left, and ch- changing the orientation of the shape. Um, and I love it because it's like you have to be super, super collaborative or super and super communicative. And that's you know it's not necessarily slowing it down, but it's certainly breaking it up. Uh, I just had a thought of one. Oh, I would like to play DDR. Oh, of course. At half speed and make it more like uh, less of um, a race to get to the end of the song and more of just like, you know, a beautiful waltz mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe something that I can actually keep up with. <laughs> and then maybe we can rank it up to like two thirds speed. I mean, honestly, I think any any Japanese arcade game that's like rhythm based like that Taiko game, I would mm. be so much better if I could just kind of like, you know, very seriously and somberly go thump, 
stomp, stomp as opposed to um, so that, you know, I think that one would be a lot better too. Slow down. But gosh, I'm so bad at DTR. Yeah. Miserable. Well, that's why, you know, you slow it down, you can actually follow, you can yeah. follow those errors. Yeah. And that's the letters for this week. Thanks, guys. If you want to uh, get in touch for next week's show, which will definitely be a fully formed show with multiple humans in the studio, uh, do email team at onelifeleft.com. been going with the big bangers today it's been very very somber more reflective reflective meditative yeah this is what happens when steve isn't in charge we really take the time we slow down we go at half speed old bangers curran oh bangers curran uh this is so i did think this was going to be more of a a banger because it's called uh cool becky my last day and it's by mark 87 Ooh, it's dramatic it's very dramatic what kind of hair does she have Cool hair, not good hair. Oh. So, uh, yeah, very nice music today. Most definitely. Well, actually, you know, Anne, uh, when I was reading that last letter, I, I thought about a really interesting project. Mm. Um, and there's there's a there's a f- kind of famous art piece called Super Mario Clouds made by an artist called Corey Archangel. And th- that was some cartridge modding that happened in that. And so basically what the artist did is he removed... Everything in the game Super Mario Brothers, except for the clouds. So when you see the pieces, just these kind of clouds floating by. But actually, my friend Patrick, who also made Octopad, did an art historical research in which he kind of dissected to see whether or not it was possible to um, dissect this game in this way. And so he, he kind of reverse engineered the cartridge mod. And it turns out that probably the art is a fake. <gasps> I know. What? Yeah, and so something about like the blues don't match up. The colors aren't aren't the same, oh and, my gosh. and so, so so it would yeah actually look quite different if he were to to actually reverse engineer the mod. And you know, it really doesn't matter, right? The the artwork is just kind of you know about you know this what what is it what is a game? <laughs> um, and you know and 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 you know what is what is games as an, an art form really like? So, but you know this caused a, a bit of a brouhaha in the art community. So all of these other media artists who you know do made these kind of aspirational art projects that sometimes require inputs from real life people came forward and were like, oh, this is fake. I fake this thing. Oh wow! Because they felt like they were going to be next to call out, be called out, which is kind of amazing. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's good. There's the a, big video game art scandal. Yeah. What year did this happen? I think the essay must have come out, I want to say, two summers ago. It's on Vimeo. There's like mm-hmm. a huge, Patrick reads it on, on Vimeo. So if you, if you were to Google Super Mario Clouds, uh, Patrick Lemieux, uh, or Super Mario Clouds, court, uh, fake. <laughs> <laughs> fake. You'd have to find something there. Yeah, you'd find something on Vimeo. Well, let's decide if some more games are real or not. It's the reviews. Woo! Yes, it is. This is definitely the reviews theme. 
<laughs> it is the review stick. Okay, 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 we're good. Uh, Sarah, what have you been playing? Well, I played a bit of kids on the plane over from mm. Finland, and that was exciting. I really enjoyed. Um, I believe his name is Michael Fry. The, his uh, earlier game, Plug and Play, which is, I thought you know is a you know iOS iOS game, super playful, very funny, um, seemingly about like you know love and connection and, and stuff like that, but also you know quite quite clever and abstracted. Uh, so I was really looking forward to to kids, and um, yeah, it's it's I, lo- I love a short game. Oh, I love a short game. So. <laughs> The game I was going to review this week is Kids. Ah. Um, and yeah, I definitely was drawn into it because it is a short game. Uh, I thought it looked very, very cute. So it's hand-drawn, um, little game, and in it there are little people. Um, and initially, I did not know what was going on. I really didn't know what was going on. Um, and you sort of like draw these people around. So... You, so Uh, I was playing it on my iPhone and you're sort of drawing these people around and moving them and sort of making them do things and sometimes there's one and sometimes there's lots of people Um, and so I played it the whole way through uh, did the full what was it like 20 minutes Mm -hmm. 30 minutes something like that Mm -hmm. and I I think thinking back to earlier about you know scary games and if you're in the right mood I think that you can become very susceptible to things that could be scary oh yeah um I don't know that I was in the right mood for this game (laughs) well some of the actions felt quite mean they did feel quite mean I didn't feel good about that uh yeah so I felt like um so it's a very very simple game and I was like this this is telling me this is a smart game the smart game is I need to do some thinking and I wasn't really in the mood for thinking loads mm-hmm. so I played it through the whole way and was like okay cool I did th- I did all the things I did yeah. all the things I was supposed to do and then I went and read uh, some articles by smart people uh, to find out what I should have been thinking and there's a lot to do with like the uh, the collective and mm. and um, being an individual within the collective and when that's a good thing and sometimes when that's a bad thing and how uh, doing the same things uh, different times sometimes you get the same results sometimes you get different yeah. results um, blame and how you can uh, sort of abdicate responsibility for things there's so much of that in there but whilst I was playing it I was like okay this is nice <laughs> I, don't I mean I you know I love a good I love a good touch game I love a good mm. iOS game you know and it's 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 a uh... It's it's pretty straightforward in terms of interaction design, mm. which I, I appreciated a lot. But yeah, I mean, I guess what you were just saying about the kind of critique, the kind of read about responsibility choice, herd mentality, um, that makes sense looking back at it, but also it's deeply relatable. Mm. I find often find myself being in situations where I wish more people would kind of make their own decisions about things and I, I you know I, I kind of feel like I have a, a rep for being the person who's like excuse me things don't have to be like this um, which you know I'm happy to play that role but it's sometimes nice to have company in it you know yeah for yeah. sure um, do you think the game did all the things that it was supposed to do for you mm. Mm. I mean what is a game even supposed to do? It was entertaining, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you know, it was legible. I understood what what I was supposed to do and what was supposed to happen. Um, it gave me something to think about and, and you know, kind of potentially analyze. So, so yeah, and, and you know, that's we get to continue to kind of reimagine and and redecide and negotiate what games are and are not supposed to do, right? And mm-hmm. so. Um, I, I appreciated that this sort of pushed the envelope a little bit in that regard. What do you think? Do you, do you think it did what it was supposed to do? I felt like there was some intent there that I didn't necessarily mm. get when I played it. Mm-hmm. But again, I think that that is, uh, I just wasn't maybe in the right frame of mind. For, I think I was just looking for something cute and fun. <laughs> Fair. I mean, I, honestly, like I think it's like like wine or like art <laughs> that there's 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 no there's no right way to do it or right wrong or wrong way to do it or that there's no you know specific way to think about these things you know like you as a consumer you're or or like a like a person who who receives the media content your kind of observation and perception is just as valid as 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 the person yes, it kind is. Of, yes that's cr- especially yours <laughs> especially yours um but you know uh it's it's we, we bring our own perceptions and and references 
references to these kinds of things and, and it's, it's a negotiation between artists and creators. Mm. Uh, I did have one actual gripe, which I've had with a couple of um, iOS, iOS games recently and I don't know if it's the fault of the people that make games or if it's the fault of Apple. I'm going to say it's probably Apple's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, so recently when I've been playing some uh, touchscreen games and sort of playing quite close to the edges of the screen, I've uh, like quite a lot of times, as in kids I did this a few times, swipe the game away because oh. I've been playing like near the little thing where you yeah. just can get rid of the game yeah, yeah, because I don't have a home button anymore. Oh. So that's how I get back to the main screen. So I've been doing that loads and it's really frustrating and it takes you out of the moment. So I'm also going to blame my inability to like fully oh yeah fully take on board all of like the very important and meaningful messages <laughs> that were in the game because I kept just swiping my way out of it uh, offload that nonsense yeah. I mean um, when, you, when you started to tell me that, kind of, that, that problem I, I thought you were going to say I kept on throwing my phone across the room <laughs> on accident I was just thinking about how I was playing it on an airplane and that would have gone very poorly if I would have yeah. my phone across an airplane but I didn't no um but I think it's really good. I think it's... I, I really enjoy that these kinds of games are being made. Um, I'm going to give it 7 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Me too. Same. 7 out of 10. That's the definitive score. Uh, all right. I think our time is nearly up, Sarah. Uh, thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest on this Ramshackle show. That was uh, my dream. Thanks to uh, Simon, who had to go. Um, thanks, listeners, for tuning in. Don't forget to get in touch. Team at OneLifeLeft.com. We will see you next week, same time, same place, One Life Left. 